Hello and welcome to the Great Longboat Podcast. I am Igor, your host, moderator, and only permanent member of the band Longboat. Today we are featuring the song Mammoths and Mastodons from 2012's Instant Classics. This was my second album uh, after Greater Seattle, and I just thought... At that time, I was working on this plan where I was going to put out one album a year and it was going to be filled with pop jams. And this was one of my perceived projected pop gems. Of course, it didn't. It never panned out. But uh, I, I thought I'm going to write a novelty song that also deals with a lot of people's aspirations. And that is uh, wh- what I really wanted this song to communicate was um, that we should start cloning mammoths and mastodons because that would give us that would make a better world for everyone. And I had even gone to the mammoth site in South Dakota, uh, which is um, yeah, it's Hot Springs, I believe it's Hot Springs, South Dakota. Wonderful place, a very very compelling place, and. It's apparently just run by volunteers, mostly. It's run by a foundation. And I, it, it, it made an impression on me, except, of course, I don't really remember what town, town it's in. I'm going to say Hot Springs, South Dakota. I recommend it to everyone. It is a it was wonderful and compelling place. And they're also still excavating it. it it's, what it was was a sinkhole where mastodons just kind of ended up. Um, they... And, and they have some or mammoths. It's mostly Colombian mammoths. And um, it, it, it's just one of these places that's, that's super interesting and also sad, too, because there are so many skeletons. But also they have um, uh, preserved bears and preserved you know, predators and, and things that are just very small, too, like, you know, shrews. And um, they all kind of got, were in this, you know, perished in this pit. It's, it's kind of like the, the tar pits where an animal would get sort of stuck in it. And then the predators would come and also get stuck in it. Uh, I, don't, I don't remember like, you know, saber-toothed cats or anything like that. But, you know, they did have some uh, woolly rhinos and things like that. The, the, the rhinos down in the... Um, uh, I believe it's called agate fossil beds that the south in Nebraska they have all of these um, uh, skeletons of of rhinos that used to um, roam the great plains and um, yeah it was uh, they they all died from uh, thirst apparently there was a there was some kind of drought. and uh, they had a sort of mass die-off of all these small they're sort of cow-sized like our smaller rhinos um yeah uh yeah we had rhinos here in the u.s anyhow this is see that this is you can tell this is sort of a uh, fascinating uh thing for me and that you know they that we had we had our equivalent of elephants uh roaming around here up until i don't know they were saying five thousand years ago that 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 when the Egyptians were building the pyramids, there were still woolly mammoths around, and and I think also likely mastodons. And now the the difference between woolly mammoths is mammoths are you know they're both kind of the pachyderm elephant family, 
Um, Woolly mammoths are larger. Mastodons are smaller, more powerfully built, and extremely aggressive. Uh, they they look. Um, if you were to see one, it was like a very squat, uh, powerful, you know, squat elephant. And uh, apparently they did nothing but fight with each other all the time. And, and when they uncover, uh, especially male uh, mastodon skeletons, they find that they always, almost always have damage from fighting. And, um, and over the, it's like a sort of a chronic thing it's over the years they they just fight so much they have all these like broken bones and things like that but yes mastodons are mastodons are smaller than mammoths uh mammoths are migratory they grass and mastodons were i i'm i'm thinking that they're less so and they ate trees and that's what's in this song too it's uh i'm i'm you know not only am i calling for the creation of these uh uh or the resurrection of these species and these animals i'm also uh trying to sort of create a a place where they can live too and i i i was well and, and it, of course, it just brings up the question of what makes a song. What can you write a song about? And you know something? You can write a song about anything. Um, it, there, there are hit songs that are, are, are written about very bizarre things. What that come to mind right now, um, this, is, this is from years ago, but MacArthur Park is a song by Jimmy Webb, but sung by everyone's favorite over actor Richard Harris and it's about a cake um it's you know someone left the cake out in the rain and it took so long to bake it and I'll, you know I, I I don't know the exact lyrics here but yeah MacArthur Park is MacArthur Park is melting in the rain all that cake frosting running down or so, something like that but yeah it, it's it's about a cake and it was a huge hit and even with the way that Richard Harris sang it in that super warbly, uber drunken dramatic way that he does, but yeah, you can and and you know that that's, uh, but of course the overwhelming vehicle of musical expression is still the love song. Ugh. And and when I say love song, I mean the all the aspects. This sort of like, oh, you lied to me, you bitch, you're terrible. Um, or or the yeah, we tried, but you know we're breaking up now. Or you know, uh, the the I'm so lonely without you. Sort of, it's all, it's all for me. It's all the same side of the same coin. And um, I don't write love songs as i've said many times in the past because i don't have any insight into that i i know what i feel i am married to a a wonderful wonderful woman and i'm not just saying that cuz she's sitting in the other room but i am i i, I just don't have a, that much access to uh, my feelings about that i i want i can't i don't want to define that sort of thing. I don't want to say these are the reasons why I fell in love and these are the reasons why I got married. I what happened and this is how I can explain it best to you is that I met the right person 
And that, that's it. And it wasn't like I walked around and every single love song applied to me. And I didn't listen to any of the bad love songs like, oh, you lied to me, you bitch, you broke my heart. Or I'm so lonely without you. No, no, that, that is not the way it happened at all. And I, I don't think I'm going to start writing love songs either. Um, and I mean, anything can happen, but I, I'm, I'm not planning on it. So instead, I write songs like this. And, and this, this song itself is uh, what we would call a, a song in long form. This is a, a, uh, um, this is overlap, overflow, blowback, if you will, from my years as a jazz musician, where, uh, songs were in a, generally, tended to be in 32-bar forms with A-A going, with the form of A-A-B-A. And now, of course, uh, what what you more commonly hear in a form is, you know, intro, or whatever, uh, verse, verse, chorus, or, you know, pre-chorus. And it's, it's, you know, verse, pre-chorus is just a, is, is just a run-up to to what's going to give you all the hooks so it's just a, a little bit more time waiting and and then you have your instrumental break or something like that you have a verse you have another chorus then you have your uh, solo break or bridge uh you have a verse or if you don't have if it's a slower tune you generally just have a repeat of the chorus and then the song you know fades or ends but yeah, it's the verse, chorus, verse, chorus. That's just, that's sort of A, verse A, chorus B, bridge C. And, um, and, and that's, that's, and you, people have been, you know, shuffling those up ever since um, the rock and roll took, started taking a shorter form. But this one is actually a much longer form. Uh, this is, um, I believe, 16 bars for the A section. And then, uh, and it repeats twice. And then I have a 16 bar, uh, 16 bar B section. And then I go back to, go back to the A section. And then I have just a little coda. The, and yeah, the, come on, come on, you lovely nerds. I want to see some noble herds. I mean, once again, don't we all, wouldn't, wouldn't you want to see woolly mammoths from, you know, from a distance, from a safe distance, sort of sauntering across the plains. Wouldn't you want to see that? I would. And apparently it's within our technology. They would just be, they would probably be born from elephants. So they would look a lot like elephants. But, you know, it would it would probably be sort of like dog breeding. Um, I would like to think instead of us playing God and genetically engineering animals that would would you know be miserable in this time on this planet but i'm thinking that that they would they would be like any animals and adapt and i would also like to see mastodons too they're not quite the uh they don't quite they're not as charming as elephants or, or mammoths but you know they are interesting uh in their own right uh, for being the very aggressive elephant-like creatures. Uh, but yes, I would like to see both of those. And I, I really, uh, you know, th this, I, I had 
a I was I thought that I was writing a pop gem here and uh and I don't know it might it might prove to be like that but this also this this one song also kind of launched this uh this effort by me to write songs that had um that that had sort of flowing uh, melodic lines alongside the the song line, and so you'll hear that do de do de do de do 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 de do de do de do do you sort of chugging away, and although it it does have chords in it, this was I was striving to start writing songs without chords, without sort of you know strum 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 strum. These songs have tonality to them, of course. You know, it's like you are in F now. And if you play an F chord, it will fit over that. It just doesn't have the chord coming in. Um, although with this one, yeah, there 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 are chords in the clavinet. This is back when I just about every song that I wrote had a clavinet in it, and um, or some some you know clavinet variant. Um, for those uninitiated, a clavinet was a, a a, uh, an instrument that came out in the, I believe, uh, late 50s, early 60s, and it kind of sounded like a harpsichord, but it also sounded a little like a guitar, and it found probably its its most uh, dominant home in funk music. And uh, in, in fact, uh, people were saying that, you know, Stevie Wonder is like the best clavinet player ever. And I, I'm not going to argue with him. Um, but yeah, you hear when you hear superstition that that's a clavinet. And uh, you can put effects on them and make them sound pretty much however you want. But uh, these the, the the clavinets kind of f with me uh, fell out of favor you know, about three or four years ago. But now they're back um, in the, in the form of the blues albums. Uh, there is uh, an, on uh, "Woke Up This Morning" variations, which came out in January um, to no acclaim. <laughs> uh, it uh, there there is a song called um, uh, "Me and Tolstoy." And that is very, has some super prominent clavinet playing on it. And, um, and also, you know, a, a electric piano, all of these virtual instruments that, that uh, are really, really work well with each other. And so I was, tr and, and I would say for this and Mammoths and Mastodons, um, yeah, they, they, the, these, these instruments work really well together too. Um, even though I'm not quite free of the tyranny of chords, I I have this. Uh, I I it is the formative stages. There is there are a couple of other tunes on here that do not have chords in them, and then once I hit um, the third album, Unpopular Songs for Unpopular People, there are I believe eight tunes on that that do not have chords. Do not have chordings. They they just have lines that melodic lines that cross and uh i'm very very proud of that effort um although of course you know <laughs> that nobody's heard it uh it but it it uh, it is a very very nice uh mostly electronic album and uh um i i you know i'm i'm i haven't 
I don't think I've played anything from it yet. But uh, I will, uh, I don't know, next week. I haven't played anything from this album. And this used to be my, uh, you know, I thought was my pet sounds. But, of course, that's that's just not uh, true. Um, for one thing, it costs a lot less. And, um, and you know, no one has discovered it. Uh, just like, I'm just like North America in 1491. You know, it's, it's, it's all populated. Just somebody has to discover it. Um, but, uh, yeah, some, some ruthless European guy needs to come and pirate all my songs and, and, uh, and then let everybody know that they exist. Okay. So let's, let's spin this for you. Um, with me on everything, I'm even doing backing vocals here. Um, Johnny Sangster is, uh, he uh, recorded and mixed it. And John McCaig at Panic Studios did the mastering. This is Mammoths and Mastodons. Science hears a challenge from an ardent fan. You can clone a sheep, a dog, and even a man. So you recall a baby mammoth in Russia that was frozen, frozen solid in ice. Can't you take a just a little DNA? Do some science, make a splice, and then you'll have enough genetic stuff. So she won't be alone Come on, come on, you lovely nerds I wanna see some noble herds Restoring mastodons is a tougher sail Not quite as large as mammoths But they're big as well I tell you, across the plains and through the woods, they'll wander All who see them will agree that they're awesome As they amble throwing yonder, just find them a place Some open space, they'll need a lot With trees for mastodons and grass for mammoths Come on, come on, you lovely nerds I wanna see some Nature 
Don't we all? We all want to see those lovely herds. Um, yeah, I, I've, I, my ex-girlfriend, um, <laughs> she, she was saying about how she liked the song but didn't like listening to it because she would be humming it for the next two days, and that's that's kind of what I was trying for. See, with with pop music these days it's not so much about melodies even though i was you know i'm i'm i was writing this song specifically with melodies in mind but also there is the whole hook aspect that pop music needs hooks and it needs lots of them all the time and a hook can be anything it could be a drum beat it could be a hand clap it could be just a, a little liver of melody um it it's just it depends on where it is how it's placed and sometimes it will resonate with people and um so of course my my first hook thing is is that that keyboard that just keeps going it's it has that perpetual pulse and uh and you know the drums i consider those also, something of a hook that boom cha boom cha cha boom cha, you know that 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 um, very sort of bouncy uh, beat. That I mean, this this song could have gotten very heavy, even despite the the tempo of it, could have gotten very heavy. But stays light. It does a it, it has a nice little um, nice little bridge that breaks up the action. I mean, if it was all a section. It would, it, but with the third time that it came through, uh, people would be, be headed for the exits. They would just be um, advancing the song because that's, you know, th- twice as good. Because, uh, you know, and, and also there are other instruments that are added. There's a little bit more, you know, for your ear to listen to. And that's that's what every arranger, songwriter and, and, and arranger should be uh, trying to do is that first time it's it's kind of the the most stripped down version second time there's more to listen to then you know you hit the chorus and uh, uh, it, well every time the the verse comes back there should be more every time the chorus comes back there should be more or different what I find myself doing these days is having like a uh, I, I do this on album 21, which is not has not been released yet. Um, I find uh, what I do is is I tend to have a um, a third verse or third chorus as sort of in this sea of strings or kind of alone, isolated, just to just to give something that's that's a bit of a different approach. And of course, you can't do it every time because then people will expect it. It's like Barry Manilow. What does what do Barry Manilow's songs all have in common? They start off quietly and they build. And they're most of them, most of them, not Copacabana, but most of them are ballads. And you know, I I, I have absolutely no judgment uh, uh, about Barry Manilow. I think he's you know he's. He was a performer of the time, and um, you know, and he did quite well for himself, for you know, some nerdy guy from from New York who likes show tunes, and I I I 
think he's he's uh, you know he's he's had a very nice and storied career, and I I wish him the best too. He how old is he now? He's like in his seventies. But anyhow, um, yeah, and I think he was also yeah before he became famous, he was a songwriter and an arranger too. And um, and so that 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 whole building thing that's sort of arranging not 101, especially if you're singing a ballad. But um, yeah, so <laughs> this this whole thing about you know the strategy that you use when you you arrange um, this for, for this long form that I'm doing now, it 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 sort of moves incrementally. So we have we have our little. Our short intro, you have A section again, separated by the you know the drum beat again, and then and then we have another A section, then we have the bridge, and I'm doing all my own backing vocals because I just, I thought that that was that was would be really cool. It would just be all it you know all self-contained vocals. They would be me, and um. And that was fine. That worked. That worked out really well. Um, uh, John, Johnny was a little bit. The session went a, a little overtime because it took me a long time to uh, to hit some of these higher notes, especially on uh, "Silence on the Line," which is the second tune. Um, yeah, I was. I it was very, very hard. I was, you know, singing falsetto, and my voice was cracking. It was eleven o'clock at night, and yeah, Johnny was getting cranky. And uh, but we got we got it all done. I did all my backing vocals, and of course, the next album. I think I did. No, no, no. I had I had um, Alicia Dara and Fia McGann do backing vocals for me, and they are magnificent. Uh, and then after that was uh, Ryan Leva, and and you know, it, since then that was 2014. I haven't really looked back uh, for for uh, backing vocals, and. Um, and you know Ryan's done a stellar, spectacular job throughout this through for the last six years, and that was fourth album, and now we've recorded twenty two or so, and I think he's he's he hasn't done any of the Seven Hills albums, but uh, he's done some voice stuff and and but anyhow, we'll we'll say that he's been on uh, fourteen albums, and um, yeah, and but I I just had this idea that because I'm that's kind of my like my blind spot that I would I would cultivate that and that I would write tunes based on having uh, on on these on backing vocals as hooks see we're coming back to hooks but anyhow that is uh, that is my novelty song about resurrecting Mammoths and mastodons, and I hope to God one day that it works, that that, that happens. I heard the Japanese were hard at work on it, you know, like eight years ago when this came out, when this this album came out in 2012. But I haven't heard anything about it. You know, the the news has kind of been eclipsed. Uh, Science news, uh, things that would make us uh, make us turn toward the hopeful have just been eclipsed by all this dystopian nonsense that's going on right now and uh you know i hope that that i hope that we see and the other side of that uh where we're we're given a steady uh, a steady diet of of inspiring 
uh, sciencey news like that. Uh, I consider it inspiring. I mean, some people would think of it, might think of it as creepy, and maybe churchy types would think about it, it, us playing God, but you know, no one should ever listen to them. Anyhow, if you would like to get in touch with me, suggest a longboat song that you might have heard by mistake that I should feature on this podcast, you can email me at long to you can email me at um, a longboat podcast at all one word at gmail.com. Uh, if you want to stream the collected works, the, so the, all the stuff that's been released so far, uh, you can go to Bandcamp at longboat.bandcamp.com. And I will be back next week to feature another song from Longboat's gigantical catalog. And as I always say, if you don't like this tune, I have others. Thank you for joining me. Bye-bye.